everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck, and I'm along with Jordan Bianchi, my co-worker at The Athletic, although we're not actually along with each other because we're virtual. Jordan is actually at the track at Darlington right now as we speak. Darlington, uh, the track too tough to tame, wasn't too tough to tame for Martin Truex Jr. today, but Jordan, did you tame the track too tough to tame yourself? I don't know what there was to tame here. I, it was great to be back in the garage, and it, it felt like the first day of school. And this was the first time I was in a, in a NASCAR garage since Daytona 500 2020. And there was moments throughout the weekend where you felt like, am I going to get thrown out of here? Do I even belong here? Um, but it was great to see a lot of people, to, to kind of reconnect with a lot of people in the industry. And uh, like you said, the, the, the track too tough to tame. Martin Truex Jr. did it today. It was a, it was a dominating victory. From start to finish, he, he swept all three stages. There was a moment there with, I don't know, 20, 30 laps left. It looked like Kyle Larson might maybe have something for him. And Kyle couldn't do it, and Martin just kind of drove away. So, I mean, I don't want to call this a statement win because I think it's too early for the season for that. But it does certainly seem like Martin Truex Jr. has established himself clearly. I understand Danny Hamlin's been the most consistent and everything, but you look at Martin Truex Jr.'s three wins and where those tracks, where those wins have come on, it's hard not to think that he's kind of asserted himself as the guy right now. Yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, this was pretty much, in my opinion, a stinker of a race. When you have one guy lead 248 laps, the second closest person led 10 laps. Um, now, you did have, like you said, Larson had a chance there where Larson, if Larson, could have gotten him when he was close. He had he had like basically one or two shots where he was sort of on his back bumper. If he had made a move and then been able to sort of block and make their tires wear out, you know, you know, maybe he's able to hold him off and play defense, you know, sort of like Regan Smith at Darlington in, in the Southern 500 that one year or whatever. But for the most part, I mean, Truex clearly had the best car all day, um, you know, Larson was able to get close, but this, this was a, a Truex day. It, it was very reminiscent of some some big Truex wins like the Coke 600 of 2016, of course, where he led, I think, the most laps, uh, at least at a mile and a half in, in NASCAR history. Um, I want to say Kentucky one year he really dominated, I think. There, there's been a right? few of them. There's been, yeah, been a few like mile a, and a half dominations. And then Richmond, too. I mean, he was he, he's put the beating to people at Richmond, so it did feel like the kind of the quintessential Cole Pern esque win, but this wasn't Cole Pern. This is James small. Yeah. And it's interesting that, that these tracks seem to happen in uh, the lower downforce package. We won't say like super low, but you know, the, this, mm-hmm. this general philosophy, right? Because um, Truex was joking that his, his brother-in-law uh, was giving him a hard time uh, about like, you, you know, you, you're, you're the reason for the 550 package. Cause you stunk up the show so bad in, in races like the Coke 600 and it made NASCAR go, you know, this, this stinks. You know, I, I think this is what will really be the, the debate going forward this week that everybody talks about, you know, on, on Sirius and places like that is that, you know, the fans ever since they announced that Darlington was going to 750 fans were like super hyped. Like as soon as they're like, you know, here's the schedule. And by the way, like, here's the package. Um, Darlington will be low down for everybody's like, yeah, hell yeah, baby. Like we're going to get this awesome race. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then you have this race today. Now I saw some people on Twitter and I I feel like they really, I feel like they, they were so, they, they wanted to like this race so much because of the package, because they hate the other package so much that they're like, this was great. (laughs) What were you talking about? There's battles all over the track, blah, blah, blah. Look, 
Here, here's the bottom line of this, right? There was nine cars on the lead lap. Ninth place was 27 seconds back. There was only two other cars within 15 seconds, within 17 seconds of Truex. Uh, fortunately, Larson made it a, a race there, but Kyle Busch, six seconds back. William Byron was fourth place, and he was 17 seconds behind. Truex, as you said, swept all three stages. It's great they were sliding around. It's great they were harder to drive. That's that's wonderful. That is wonderful. I like that. But it did not, at least today, make for a good race. So how do you justify that in your mind, Jordan? I don't know how you justify it. What I'm hearing from you is that you're a fan of the 550 package, and that's what you want to see more of on the schedule. <laughs> well, whether I want to see more of it or not, that's the direction the next I'm pretty sure you just gave me the so. finger. Did you just give me the finger? No, no, I did not give you the finger. Did you, you need to go back finger? and no, I look I like you're rubbing your face? No, okay. you need to go back and look okay. at your Zoom replay if you need to. If you think I was giving you the finger, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I think that uh, look, obviously, um, I, I would go into this race like, like a lot of people. Okay, I would say I want this to be a good race because I want the 750 package to show. Hey, this is the good yeah. racing. This is the harder to drive. This is what we want to see. But objectively speaking, if I'm watching this race, I, I can't tell you that I was very entertained today by this racing, by one person dominating. Now, there could have been a different kind of race, you know, had Truex not been so dominant with such a fast car. Maybe the race turns out differently. But Jordan, the, the Darlington races last year were very well liked overall. There was three Darlington races, mm -hmm. I think, Two got in the 90s in the Was It a Good Race poll, and the lowest one got 72. Um, this one is, we'll talk about it later on our guesses, but it's not going to be good, I don't think. So it's certainly not going to be in, in the 70s. So, I again, like, I, got, I I throw the question back to you. You threw it right back at me, but how do you just, <laughs> the people that are like, you know, yay 750 package, where, where do you hang your hat on with this race? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think there is a definitive answer. To me, this was kind of an old school Darlington race in a lot of respects. You saw a lot of you saw guys having problems and able to recover from it. And traditionally, in at Darlington, you do see a driver kind of run away and lead a bunch of laps. If you go back historically, so this wasn't unprecedented. It's expected. This is kind of what Darlington is. I don't think you're ever going to get a package whether it's 550 750 whatever where you get constant battles up front for the lead what we saw last year was great there was there were some moments last year there's some great racing last year but in a race like this it's you're going to have somebody hits on the setup and they're going to be able to run away from it i don't think it was the worst thing in the world but it certainly isn't compared good to last year I don't know what you want as a race fan. I don't know what race fans want. Do you do you want just continuous battles up front for the lead? You, you're not going to get that. That's not realistic. So I, I don't I don't know the answer to the question. I don't know how you solve the answer to this question. What I did see today, though, I, I thought it was fine. It wasn't the most exciting thing, but it, I've certainly seen a lot worse. To me, you go back to Atlanta this year, that to me, except for the last 10, 15 laps when Ryan Blaney ran down Kyle Larson, that was far worse. Okay, that and that's. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you, did you think Atlanta was a worse race than this? Because that race, uh, so far, was voted worst of the year in the, in the poll. Um, and like you said, I mean, it was a complete domination by Kyle Larson, and then he used up his tires too much at the end. Blaney is able to catch him, and you know maybe it salvages it from. 
from being even worse. But so you thought today was better than uh, Atlanta for sure. Yeah, it was better. I mean, but it's again, it's a low bar, but it wasn't the most exciting race to me. This is this is Darlington. This is what Darlington is more than often than not. I, you know, not last year though. I, I Darlington was damn good last I know year. What I want to see is a, that's the but that's the exception to the rule. I mean, if you go back to these races more often than not, I mean, I know 2019 was a, was a good finish at the end with Eric Jones and Kyle Busch, but the race itself what probably wasn't the most memorable. This is just a tough track. It, it really is. So I don't know. It, it depends on what you want as a race fan. I don't think there is a universal answer, though, to, to, to solving this problem. To me, this is what it is. Well, I do think that it was uh, I would rank this above Atlanta for the fact that, you know, look, look, it, it wasn't to me. It wasn't a good race, but I do like knowing that the the best driver uh, won today, like the guy that was wheeling it. Uh, he, he deserved mm-hmm. to win. I don't think you could look at this and, and say like say Kansas last fall, right? When, when Harvick was faster than Logano, we all go back to this race where Logano blocked at Kansas for the last X amount of laps and was able to hold him off, even though Harvick was a faster car, et cetera, et cetera. And and you go, man, I I don't feel like the fastest driver won today, the driver with the best car. And that, that sort of bothers you today. The guy with the best car won the race, the fastest car won. So sometimes that happens. And so I, I think I would rather see that than a race like Kansas last fall, right? And to that point, uh, I thought Toby Christie had a good tweet about this, and and it you know made me think. He said, "quote uh, If a guy sits a tenth of a second behind the leader for 300 laps and can't pass because of a 40 foot tall spoiler, is it any different than having a guy lead by 15 seconds? No, I prefer a 15 second lead and watching guys hang on to the car on the edge for three to four hours." which was pretty much what we saw today. I mean, you, you saw the guys, it was, you know, there were some wrecks. It was hard. Uh, it was difficult. Even Truex said, I felt like I was going slow and slipping and sliding and I was the leader. So maybe that's better. If I guess if you're going to compare stinkers of a race or, or, or something like that, uh, maybe that's the way to go with this package, but it's, it's, uh, it's a tough, tough bar. Um, I just don't know that this did itself any favors because what, what do you think NASCAR was thinking watching this up in the tower today? I thought they probably look at a brand new car next year. They're probably not going to give too much consideration of whether it's going to be 550 or 750 because next year is going to be completely different. Obviously, they're coming back here at Labor Day weekend for the Southern 500, and we'll see. That race is going to be much different, though, too, because that's going to be at night. This was during the day. I, I think you make a really good point when, when you talk about Martin Truex Jr. and the best team and driver winning today. They were flawless. I mean, Truex didn't turn a bad wheel on the racetrack. He, he was really good, and, and you look at the number of guys who had issues today. Kyle Larson, who second in this race, um, sped on pit road. Joey Logano who was running in the top five. Sped on pit road, um, up and down. You know, Kyle Busch was leading early, had a strong race car. You know, had a flat tire, spun out, was able to rally. Denny Hamlin got in the wall a few times. Just up and down the running order, guys had all sorts of issues. But the guy who, who didn't have any issues was Martin Truex Jr. And he had a great car. They executed and they had a flawless afternoon, and they were rewarded for for, for that, justifiably so. Well, I, I totally echo what you're saying. And I think that that's, you know, even more impressive because, you know, you got to run the wall uh, at Darlington and to lead 248 laps, just lap after lap, consistent, smooth, uh, managing your stuff. Um, I mean, good for him, you know, like, and that's, I think last year, I feel like we talked a lot about, man, you know, the 19 team has speed, but they can't get these wins. They can't capitalize. They should be winning more. He has all these third place finishes. They can't do it. Uh, now he's the only driver who has three wins or even has two wins. 
Um, and you know, he looks really good. And like you said earlier in the podcast, the fact that he's won three of the 750 races, uh, which obviously mm-hmm. we know that those are the final two races of the season, Martinsville and Phoenix, uh, 750 races, you know, uh, the, the playoffs are going to hinge on the 750 races. And right now, clearly Martin Truex Jr. has it down better than anybody. Um, Joe Gibbs racing for much of today also was running one, two, three, um, where it seemed like Penske Penske was, had some flashes. Keselowski didn't, he was, he was totally out to lunch, but it seemed like JGR in general was a step ahead of Hendrick and Penske. Um, you know, so I, obviously JGR marches on, on the 750 tracks. I agree with that. And if you look at the top five today, there's, there's two teams represented. There's Joe Gibbs racing and Hendrick motorsports. And that's not a coincidence because they have kind of separated themselves a little bit with this, the 750 package a little bit. I talked to some crew chiefs from Hendrick motorsports. I talked to some crew chiefs, uh, from Joe Gibbs racing. And I, and I talked to the competition competition director from, from Penske and kind of asked them the same question. Where do you assess everything right now? And the answer is it, right now Gibbs is kind of hit on a little bit. Um, th- this year has kind of been cyclical a little bit. We were at times Hendrick Motorsports looked like they were going to be dominant. Penske at times looked like they may be dominant. I, I think I referred to them as the team to beat at one point. Um, but right now it's hard to argue against Joe Gibbs racing. Not only does Martin Schick Jr. have three wins this year, the only driver to have multiple victories. Kyle Busch has a victory. Christopher Bell has a victory. Denny Hamlin doesn't have a victory, but he does have consistency and he's finishing in the top five on a near weekly basis. It, it does seem to see be at, at this point in the season, we're 12 races in this is the half, you know, one third of the way through the year. I think it's clear to say that Joe Gibbs racing has kind of separated themselves a little bit from everyone else. Hendrick is clearly number two. And then at the at slot Penske at three. Let's talk about some of the uh, other finishers in this race. Obviously Kyle Larson, you know, we expected him to be one of the favorites. Uh, I, you know, we thought it was going to be Larson and Hamlin instead it was Truex and, and Larson, but, uh, Larson was still there today and, and, you know, another strong performance for him and going into Dover next week should be a great, uh, you know, chance for him to win as well. Now in the race preview that we did on the athletic this week, um, you mentioned Kyle Busch as someone who, you know, is really, you think that he's maybe back. And you said that was your top storyline that, you know, uh, last week's win showed that, you know, he's really has some strength. And I said, I'm not really ready to, to proclaim Kyle Bush as sort of being back yet. Um, a really strong run for them today. I mean, third place, he was, he was there all day. Uh, you know, he obviously spun out at one point with the flat tire, but, um, nice recovery for him. And, you know, I think that's, that's certainly notable. And I would also look at William Byron 10th straight top 10 finish. Um, really, really doing well for Hendrick motorsports this year. And, Third in points, uh, fantastic start to the year for him. I think I saw maybe Dustin Albino or somebody tweeted that he's the first Hendrick driver to have 10 straight top 10 since Jeff Gordon 07 or something like that. I can't find the tweet right now, but right. some along those lines. So uh, pretty impressive stuff there for old Willie B. It, it really is, and that, and that team is, is is done a remarkable job. And I talked to his crew chief you know, post-race and kind of was asking him to, to assess the team, and they are just trying to be consistent and finish in the top 10 every week, trying to get as many stage points as they can. And they're really proud of the fact that they're getting stage points nearly every stage there. And the fact that they're, they're, they're kind of kind of doing this underneath the radar a little bit. I know they won at Homestead this year, but that, that does seem a while ago. It seems like people have forgot about that a little bit. I've wrote about it. I've talked about it. You, you've done it as well. 
we are seeing the emergence of William Byron. When he came in, he was he was hyped as this phenom in 2018, this next great driver. And it took him a little while to kind of get there. But he is certainly emerging him now as a driver who is capable of, of running up front on a weekly basis. And we are seeing a driver come into his own. And as he continues to gain experience, as, his, as he continues with the crew chief, who's now a rookie in the Cup Series, continues to gain experience, there's no reason to think that they're not going to continue to do this and start knocking out wins as well. Um, let, let's not uh, forget that both Roush cars finished in the top 10 today. That's certainly notable. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Buescher was ninth, Ryan Newman 10th, and Ryan Newman uh, didn't play. Uh, yeah, I was I was worried for a minute there that he was going to go all Bristol, <laughs> not to Benedetto. So was Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but he... Uh, race respectfully, obviously. And, uh, you know, he certainly has a right to try to stay on the lead lap at that point. Uh, I'm not going to say he doesn't, but, um, absolutely. And I would think, I was just going to say notable about this is the fact that these kind of warm race surfaces, we, we saw this at Homestead with Roush Fenway racing, you know, Chris Boucher, you know, one stage one there and, and was competitive at Atlanta, finished seventh there comes to Darlington. Um, um, intermediate tracks that are they're abrasive that wear tires Roush Fenway racing to leave with the top 10 fin- two top 10 finishes is remarkable and and it continues what is a quietly a, a solid year for Chris in, in the fact that he is he's in playoff contention right now he, he holds a playoff spot I mean he, he he's one of the last two drivers in and, and it's a very tenuous spot and if we see someone else pop up and get a win here that we don't expect it's going to put him in a, in a uh, on a limb, but he is continuing to do this on a weekly basis is just maximizing his results. And it, we, we've seen guys get in the playoffs before this way. His crew chief, Luke Lambert is very good at doing this on a weekly basis. And that is what is working for them right now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Chris Busher. He's 13th in points and it's very, very quiet that he's been doing that. Um, another, another week goes by and, and Michael McDowell, though he did lose two, two spots today. Uh, in the point standings, he's still 15th in the points from what I see. And then the final spot right now on points with Matt Benedetto's rough day, they they were they really missed it today. Uh, he finishes 19th, three laps down. Tyler Reddick finishes 12th. So Tyler Reddick and Matt Benedetto are now tied for the final playoff spot on points. And we still have, despite all the different winners this year, no uh, winners outside the top 16. So uh, another interesting thing to watch there. Um, Jordan, any, any other thoughts about Darlington? I know, you know, with Truex dominating, there wasn't necessarily a ton to, uh, to talk about with this race. You mentioned Tyler Reddick. I thought this was a missed opportunity for him. We've talked about how these racetracks were to run the high groove, run up against the wall or his best opportunities to get wins and good finishes, whether it was at Homestead or Kansas or here. Um, he was very competitive for a good part of this race, ran in the top five, looked like it was an opportunity to, to get some good points, maybe be in the mix for the win, and they backslid. And the race went on, and he slid out of the top ten. This is a missed opportunity for them. Uh, Kurt Busch, a driver who has started the year very strong and has gone the other direction, he had a bad day today, and he is now finding himself in a points hole. Um, I think we'd be remiss to mention as well, um, as good as Joe Gibbs racing is running and all four of their cars were very competitive today. And Chris Rebell would have finished in the top 10 until he had an incident late. Bubba Wallace, again, uh, it does not have much to write about today. And it was a struggle for him. So those are some things that jumped out to me. 
Yep. No, I, I can't argue with any of that. And uh, yeah, Christopher Bell, unfortunately, threw away a, a good day, as did Logano. Logano, uh, without his mm-hmm. speeding penalty on that last stop, uh, would have had a good day as well. So um, yeah, I guess we could, you know, you mentioned Kurt Busch. I was going to talk about Chastain, too. I mean, Ross Chastain uh, early in the race is running top 10, and they try one of those strategies that we just talked about last week. Uh, that did not work out at all. I guess people are just banking on these cautions or something, but uh, ran himself out and then ran himself a lap down by the end of the stage. And really, um, look, I mean, he's again, he's in, he ends up 15th, but who knows what might have been had that not happened with them. Um, tires, running out of tires, nobody was in danger of doing that today. So, um, you know, as much as that storyline, oh, they saved a t- set of tires, it doesn't matter. I mean, nobody's running out of tires. So Denny Hamlin had a... <laughs> Denny Hamlin had a set of tires at the end and it doesn't matter unless you get a rash of cautions, it makes no difference. And we just, there's no evidence to suggest that you're going to see those cautions. I, I, I don't get the strategy. I didn't understand it when Brad Keselowski and his team did it at Richmond. I, I don't understand it today, but it, you know, and it's unfortunate for Ross because, you know, I mean, yeah, he finished 15th, which for that him that, and how his season has gone, that that's a high water mark, but still, I mean, what a shoulda, coulda, you would have liked to leave here with a top 10 finish. Yeah, well, absolutely. And he's 22nd in points. Um, well, uh, Jordan, tell us about just a little bit more the the experience there, um, you know, being in the garage, uh, seeing fans, um, you know, how, how was the garage crowded? Was it, I know, you know, you had to be vaccinated to get into the garage, um, yep. I think, right? Yeah, for media members, you had to be vaccinated and you had to be two weeks clear of your, your last shot, uh, which I am. I've been clear for about a month now. Um, the garage was empty. I mean, really, it was not, there was no fans. I mean, the fans are very limited to where they can go and they can only be in the grandstand. The garage was, was team members, uh, you know, on the, on the car itself, team executives, um, a couple sponsored people here and there, but it was, it was very empty. I mean, you weren't bumping in people it was it was something like i've never seen before because you just you have to maneuver around people you didn't have people stopping taking photos and the fans it was just it was very business-like because everybody in the garage was was really much pretty much associated with the team and they were going about doing their job for me personally i I said this before it felt like the first day of school i mean walking in there it was the first time it was like holy cow this is it was the most normal i felt in a long time and it's this personally was a big step back because we, we, we thrive on, on being in the garage and talking to people and doing our jobs and post-race being able to walk up and down pit road to be able to go in the garage and, and track down different people I want to talk to. It's just a very weird feeling that I haven't felt in over a year. It, and it was great. You're going to feel, you're going to be what circuit of America is in a couple of weeks. So you're going to get to experience it there. Um, we're not out of this by any means, but you, you do feel like the light is at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm officially going yet, but hopefully uh, that does come to fruition. I'm. I'm. Fingers crossed. We'll. We'll get to find out soon. Hopefully. Um, but that's great. I'm really happy for you. I can see you smiling on the Zoom. Uh, my Zoom view is not lying. Uh, unlike you, when you thought I flipped you off earlier, um, incorrectly. So. <laughs> it didn't um, look like you flipped me off. I did not. I really didn't. I, I would. Gladly uh, tell you if I did. Um, Jordan, oh, I know you did not get to, uh, you, you didn't get to watch the F1 race today. So I think we'll skip talking about that as you were p- patrolling the garage. We'll resume with our uh, IndyCar and um, F1 conversations when we're both able to watch uh, those races. But let's talk about the Was It a Good Race poll. Uh, Big Joe Wall 72, 
who has been, you know, keeping tabs for us, uh, brought to my attention this morning that I forgot to forgot to tweet the results of the Kansas poll last week. Unbelievable. I don't recall just blanking on, um, you know, tweeting the results of the poll, like, you know, comparing it to other Kansas races or whatever. I, I guess I have a lot going on. I don't know. Uh, but you had a big win. I it believe. could be the fact that I won or anything, right? No, I, I it was legit, uh, honest, honest sure. mistake. <laughs> um, but you did win a, a big win for you. I believe I was off by, I think you were only off by a couple percent. You had said something in the fifties and I, you know, we've gotten some tweets saying, can you please rehash what you guys guessed? And I, I forgot to even tweet the results. So I need to go back and look. I'm sorry. I, next week I'll have the, the actual results. Uh, I'll, I'll write them down beforehand. I'm sorry, but, um, <laughs> you did win. Uh, and, and you, I think, uh, increased your, your lead big time, uh, in the tiebreaker. So, uh, I'll let you go first for the Darlington poll here. Uh, was it a good race? What are people going to say? Oh, I, I think the fondness for the low, the high down, that's right. The fondness for the high horsepower, low downforce package is going to factor in a little bit. Like I said before, this was a classic Darlington race. I think people understand that you're not always going to get, you know, these great finishes. I'm going to say 62%. Okay. Well, I'm certainly not going to make fun of you because I keep getting burned for doing that. So <laughs> thank you. Um, Appreciate that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use the worst race of the year so far as my benchmark, Atlanta 50.6. And I'm going to say okay. we both thought it was a little bit better than that, but sort of along the same lines. Um, so I think it will be above 50. And I do think that people, uh, maybe even if it, they didn't think it was a good race, they'll, they'll, they'll want the 750 package to like succeed, um, on an intermediate track. So they're going to say, I'm going to vote that way. So I, I think it's going to be 55%, I'm going to say. Um, and yeah, I don't really have, uh, yeah. too much more to, to hang my hat on than that. Obviously I've been missing a lot this year, but I'm um, just trying to, Use some data to help get me back on the right track here. It was an NASCAR race. It wasn't a horrible race. It wasn't a great race. It was a race. That's what it was today. Not every race is going to be the most amazing thing ever. Not every race is going to be the worst thing ever. Sometimes you're just going to have races. That's what today was. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Well, everybody, um, thanks so much for listening to our podcast once again. Uh, next week is Dover, and we'll be back with you for that. Um, of course, the 12 Questions podcast is comes out every Friday in this feed. Uh, the most recent one was with Michael McDowell and enjoyed doing that. We have lots of stuff um, on The Athletic for you as well. And of course, you can subscribe to The Athletic and get a bit, bit of a discount. I think it changes, um, you know, it's, it's not the same offer for everybody. So sort of spin the roulette wheel and see what offer you get. But you can go to theathletic.com slash the teardown. And I believe you will find uh, an offer there. So see what you can get, uh, subscribe and find out what Jordan and I are writing about Jordan, uh, safe travels home, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown. <laughs>